Hey, we're Jeff and Jackie Lynch. We're part of the ministry team here at Compassion Church in beautiful Danville, Virginia. We are so glad that you have found us. Here's this week's message. God, I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your mercy. Thank you for your love, Lord. And Lord, as we come into this place today, I pray that through the prayers and the songs and the word and most of all through your spirit, Lord, that anyone who has stepped into this room today, who maybe is doubting your love for them, maybe even doubting your existence, God. Let them see, let them sense, let them feel today that you have a plan, you have a purpose, and there are things that you're working in their life that you want them to see. God, I thank you that you are faithful to us. You never give up on us, God, even when we give up on you. So I pray that you'll work through our word today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, welcome to church, guys. Welcome back for many of you. And uh, if it's your first time here, man, glad you're here. Welcome. Make yourself at home. Uh, we are in a series of messages called Bust a Move. Uh, so it's a series that we'll be going through through this, this month of January where we're talking about different, different actions, maybe, for lack of a better word, just different actions that you can take uh, to get you going in the direction that will lead you to the things that God's planned for you. God has so much planned for you. But before we get to that, um, just a couple of things. One, we are in our 21 days of prayer and fasting. So today is day eight. Don't know how you're doing with that. Hope you're doing well. Um, you know, anytime you step into fasting, man, fasting can look a lot of different ways. But anytime you step into a season of fasting, you're going to experience a couple of things. One of those things is you're going to experience some times where you just struggle. Can we just put it out there? You're going to struggle. Fasting is going to cause you to not be comfortable. It's going to cause you to get out of your comfort zone. But the other thing you'll experience is you're going to experience clarity on some things. Like God will show you. He will reveal things to you that he's not going to reveal just through your normal, everyday life when you're eating everything you want, doing everything you want to do. When you push back and say, God, I need more of you. I'm going to create a deficit in some of my normal stuff. God, you fill it up. Watch what he does, man. And so I encourage you, if you kind of, maybe you weren't with us last week, or maybe you heard this last week, you said, yeah, no, I ain't doing that. I am not missing not one meal. Maybe you would reconsider that. So like the way we're doing it in our family, I'm not trying to pretend to y'all that we're going 21 days without eating anything, right? Uh, some people do. Not trying to do that. I'm not there yet, okay? But the way we're doing this thing is we're doing what we call intermittent fasting. And so the way we do that is we pick a window of time, and whatever eating we're going to do in the course of that day, we're sticking it in that window. So for us, it's 12 to 6. So don't, don't be out there crucifying me if you see me at the McDonald's somewhere. I may get me a cheeseburger, but I'm trying to put it in my window. You figure out what works for you. Lots of ways to do prayer and fasting, uh, but figure out how to do that, man, and experience God's best during that time. Um, one of the things that we're saying a lot around here these days is let's do it together. And one of the best ways that I've found for us as a church to, to, to experience God's Word together is through the YouVersion Bible app. It's an app that you can download on your phone. It's free. It has all kinds of uh, daily devotions. It has tons of Bible plans and, and translations. And it's a phenomenal, I mean, unbelievable resource. Completely free YouVersion Bible app. Check that out. And if you do, I would really encourage you. If you're someone who's never read through the entire Bible, like you've heard about the Bible your whole life, maybe you have this guilt thing that stays with you that I should read the Bible, but I've never done it, maybe this is your year. 
Maybe you take that YouVersion Bible app and find the one-year Bible, that plan, and about 15 minutes a day, man, you can read through the entire Bible in a year, and it will be life-changing for you. So I'm encouraging you to do that thing. Now, let's change gears. Let's get into a message just a little bit. Um, I'm asking you not to answer this one so you don't hurt my feelings on this one, but I'm going to ask you a question. Do y'all ever talk about the message after the message is over with? Like, like you go uh, sit down at the Mexican restaurant and the chips and the sauce or whatever. You're at grandma's house. And, and does anybody ever say, don't answer this. Does anybody ever say, um, well, what, what, what did they talk about at church today? If you get that question asked or if you're at a table where to ask the conversation today, I don't want you to answer the question with, well, he talked about Daniel in the lion's den today. Okay? Now, I'm going to talk about Daniel in the lion's den today, but I don't want that to be the answer to your question. What did he talk about? If you're paying attention, when the end of this thing is over with, and if somebody says, what did they talk about in church today, I want your answer to be, and you'll know what this is a little bit later, I want your answer to be, what he talked about today was my OBT. What's my OBT? Well, I'll tell you later. I'm not ready to share that with you yet, but that's where we're going. We're going to talk about your OBT, and the title of our message today is Setting Up for the Supernatural. Setting Up for the Supernatural. Um, some of y'all are not going to like this. You're not going to like where I'm pushing you to go today, but I'm going to shove you. I'm going to push you, and I'm going to encourage you to go in this direction anyway, because setting up for the supernatural with God. God wants to do supernatural things in your life, but to get set up to do that, you're going to have to move to a place of radical obedience to God. Radical obedience. Radical obedience to our King Jesus. And my guess is that, if I'm just honest with you, most of us in this room, online, wherever, have never experienced most of what God has planned for our lives. In other words, when I look at the Scriptures, I can see in the Scriptures that before the foundations of the world were created, God had a plan for your life. I see that in Scripture. He knew what He wanted to do in you and through you. He made you a certain way. He, he, he put your life in a certain place. He built certain things into you. He's allowed you to have certain experiences because there are certain things that He wants to do in your life. But my guess is most of us have not experienced most of what God has planned for His people. So think of it this way. What if God today were to take you like he did Paul? He, he, carried, he carried the apostle Paul up to the third level of heaven and said, take a look in, see what it's all about. What if God took you into his place and he said, I have this room right here, and inside this room you're going to see all of the experiences, the adventures, all of the joy, everything that I've planned for your life. What if he let you see that? I think most of us, when we looked into that room, we would look in and we would say, well, if you've planned all of this for me, God, why am I not experiencing all of those amazing things? Like, I'm, I'm picking up my Walmart order. I'm going to soccer practice. Come on, man. Somebody got a dust around the house, right? Is that what y'all's house looks like? Run the vacuum cleaner, right? Get a meal. Take the kids where they need to go. I want that. I don't want this. Most of us have never experienced most of what God has planned for us because we give up on his plan to go in search of our plan. And I just want to say that to you this morning as I talk to you about radical obedience to God. So many of us have given up on his plan. Now, come on, if you've been with me a while, you've heard me use this analogy of God wants to be the umbrella that's over our lives. And when we're under the umbrella, we're protected. He provides for us all those things. But we get so 
carried away, chasing after our own plan, that we give up on his plan. How much have you left on the table because you chose to chase your thing when God's got a whole deal waiting for you? Well, today, I want to encourage you, man. The beautiful thing in that, I'm not here to guilt you. I'm not here to shame you. I'm not here to try to make you feel bad. What I am here to do, though, is, is, to, is to lead you in a direction that leads you to the good things of God. And if you're, if you're going in a direction that's taking you away from all of the stuff that he has planned, the adventure, the, the, the joy, all of that, today is a great day to start finding your way back to where God wants you to go. Now, here's the problem. There's one thing that always stands in the way of us receiving and benefiting from all that God has for us. You know this. So if you're taking notes, you got your little outline. Here's the first lines. Write this down. There's an enemy that wants to take you out. There just is. God wants to elevate you. God wants to, to do great things in you. When you are radically obedient and follow his plan and you connect with him and, and you, you step into the purpose that God has for you, he will absolutely use you to do amazing things in this world for his kingdom, for his glory. And because of that, there's an enemy that wants to keep you from experiencing any kind of success. Come on now. Y'all have met him. Y'all know what he looks like. Most of the time, man, he looks like that one thing that you want so badly. It feels good or it promises to feel good or it promises to make you feel better. And most of us have experienced chasing after that. And we find ourselves over in this place where we've been chasing after what we want. And somewhere along the way, we realize we're a gazillion miles away from God. Well, that enemy wants to take you out. I want to take you to a story in Scripture this morning of a, an Old Testament prophet. His name was Daniel. And Daniel was a man who, a few things about his background. Um, Daniel was a good man. He was a smart man, strong man, very capable. And he was a man who, who during a certain season in time, if you were with me last week, you heard kind of the, the precursor to this. But, but he was in... in, in, in God's nation of, of Israel, Judah, Jerusalem, all of that, when the Babylonian Empire came and conquered them, and they took them away as exiles to Babylon. And so the king of Babylon is now, uh, he's, he's chosen Daniel, and he's elevated Daniel. He's seen how he does great things. So he puts like 120 of these leaders over his entire country. And we're going to see uh, titles like, like prefects and satraps and governors and all of these kinds of things. 120 of those. He took three men and put them over all of those 120, and one of those three was Daniel. This king saw that this is a man who is a leader of leaders, and so that's going to cause some problems. Let's go into our story, Daniel 6, starting in verse 6. Um, so the administrators and the satraps went as a group to the king and said, Oh, King Darius, live forever. The royal administrators, prefects, satraps, advisors, and governors have all agreed that the king should issue an edict and enforce the decree that anyone who prays to any god, notice that's a little g god, that's not, our, that's not the one true and living god, any false gods, or man, during the next 30 days, except you, O king, shall be thrown into the lion's den. Now, now pause right there just a minute. What did these men know? They knew that, that, that Daniel had great favor with this king. But they also knew that Daniel was devout. He, he worshipped, he followed, he was radically obedient to the God of Israel. And they knew that if they got the king to sign this edict, this decree, and if the king wouldn't go back on it, that Daniel would be in, out of compliance with the king's orders. Keep reading. Verse 8, Now, O king, 
issue the decree and put it in writing so that it cannot be altered in accordance with the laws of the Medes and the Persians, which cannot be repealed. So King Darius, being not as bright as he should be, uh, put the decree in writing. So he's they're like, yeah, this is what you need to do. He says, okay, sounds good to me. Let's do it. Anybody who, who worships any God or man other than me, I mean, has the brother got some issues, right? Yeah, a little, little narcissistic there maybe. Just, y'all just worship me. If you were with me last week, we talked about the, uh, the fiery furnace. We saw the same thing in Nebuchadnezzar. It happened to be a problem. But Daniel's out here trying to do things the right way, trying to, Live out God's purpose, being radically obedient to God, but not just to God. Daniel was living his life to help people. You ever found yourself in that place where something comes against you, causes great struggle in your life, and you're like, God, why is this happening to me? Am I not doing good things? Am I not serving you? If you're not careful, man, if you're not careful, it can feel like a real kick in the gut if you let it. It can feel like a real kick in the gut if you let it. It can feel like a huge setback if you try to handle it all in your own power. Um, It can be, listen to me, that struggle, that setback. Maybe you're going through something right now that you don't understand why it's in your life. Everything's jacked up. People are against you. There's a struggle. It can be a huge step up if you'll trust God with this thing. Now, let me ask you this question. Have you learned this next thing yet? Go ahead and write this down. Here's the next blanks. My future depends upon my connection. Write that down while you're writing that. Let me, just, let me just go down this road. Have you learned this yet? That your future depends upon your connection. So Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me, he who lives in me, he who dwells in me will bear much fruit, but apart from me, you can do nothing. What's Jesus saying? He said, when you, when you align your life with me, when you stay connected into me, you know how, how if, you, if you cut the branch off of a vine and just leaving it out here, it's not getting that life juice flowing through it, right? It's disconnected from the thing that gives it life, that gives it energy, helps it to grow. And that's what Jesus is saying to us. you got to be connected to me. Now, um, hang on just a minute. We'll come back to something real important in just a minute. But can I just tell you all something? Have y'all seen these, I think it's Geico commercials, have y'all seen these commercial, insurance commercials where the guy's got the, the group of, of older people and he tells them they're acting like, uh, like parents? Have y'all seen that? Like, like there's, one, there's one commercial where he, he takes these group of guys, they're going to go to a football game and, and they all get out of the car and one of the guys' first question, are, okay, are we going to meet right back here at the exit? The next guy says, is the plan still for us to leave after the third quarter, acting like a bunch of dads, right? Let me, tell you, let me just go into dad mode just a minute while we're talking about this connection. Because I love those commercials. I think they're hilarious, and they remind me of me. Come on, somebody. I can be that guy. Um, have you ever been in the car with your kids going somewhere? Now, don't mess with me when it gets to be about September, October. Leaves are changing, y'all. My family is from the mountains down near Asheville. Let me get in that car and those leaves be changing. Oh, y'all seeing all of this? Here come the mountains. Y'all look at, look at how beautiful the mountains are. Oh, my goodness. Look at all the colors out here. What's the kids doing? Back here looking at some doggone TikTok video. Ain't seen a thing yet, right? And what, what are they seeing? They're seeing TikTok. Are y'all seeing this? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, here's what I know. Let there be an issue with that cell phone connection. What's going to happen? Oh, all of a sudden, they got questions, right? They perking up now. What, hey, what happened to the connection? Hey, where are we going? These dudes have been on this same road to this same place 300 times over their lifetime. Ain't never seen it yet, 
right? Had never seen it yet, but now they've lost their connection and they got to look around. I love it when it happens. If that connection doesn't come back, they're going to hear dad commentary and dad songs the rest of the way. Where my dad's at? Come on. Give me a hoo, hoo, hoo. Any dads out there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not quite as enthusiastic as I am, but I, I see you. I love it. I love it. They start perking up. Well, Dan, Daniel knew that, that, that he needed a connection too, but he needed a deeper, more desperate connection. Go back into the story, verse 10. Um, when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his upstairs room where the windows were open toward Jerusalem, and three times a day, this brother kept doing what he had been doing. He got down on his knees. He prayed. He gave thanks to his God with the windows open out loud. No shame in his game. He did it just as he had done before. And you know these cats is out here prowling. They are waiting to see what Daniel's going to do. And sure enough, he does exactly what they had set the trap for him to do. Verse 11, then these men went as a group. Oh, look at Daniel. They found Daniel. Wow, he's praying and asking God for help. So they went to the king and spoke to him about his royal decree. Um, king, question, can we just ask you this? Uh, king, did you not publish a decree during the next 30 days? Anyone who prays to any god or man except you, O king, will be done what to? Thrown into the lion's den. The king said, yeah, the decree stands in accordance with the laws of the Medes and Persians. This thing cannot be repealed, and I don't care who it's for. All kidding aside, can I ask you a question? If you're Daniel in this situation, what are you going to do? Because you know that this decree, regardless of the fact that you're third in line, the king has said this thing, and if I keep doing what I'm doing, he's not backing off of it. He can't back off. They won't let him back off of it. If I keep doing what I've been doing, they're going to throw me into the lion's den. What are you going to do? I'll just be honest with you. I'll tell you what I probably would do. And I hate to say this, but my guess is I would probably be in that situation. Y'all ever seen the teeth of a lion? I mean, that thing's for real, man. And these lions are hungry. And I'm probably thinking, you know what? I'm, I'm a whole lot more used to God alive than I am dead. Let me just uh, live to fight another day. Is that what most of us would do, right? We, we're probably not throwing the windows open and praying out loud. We, we, we might keep praying, but we're going to pray those inside prayers, right? Well, that's not what Daniel did. He throws the windows open. He's been doing this thing forever. He has seen God work in his life. And I think Daniel's thinking, why am I backing up now? This man is a man just like I am, and I know he has power, and I know he can throw me into the thing. But here's what I know if I'm Daniel. I know that when this man who has elevated me to this position now, when he found me, I was living in Jerusalem. I was not living in Babylon. This man... When he found me, God put it in him to elevate me to this position. My God brought me from Israel, brought me to where I am, set me where I am, and my power is in God. My power is in my connection with God. It's not in this man. I'm going to stay connected to God, not the man who has put me here. Oh, that's a good move, man. That's a good move. Why would I sever my connection if I know that in severing my connection, I sever my relationship with God and I lose my source of strength and energy? But don't we do that? The voice of fear is so loud. The teeth look so real. If you hear that lion roar, man, y'all been to the zoo, right? Old big boy comes out. If you catch him on a good day and somebody's messing around his cage, some of the little kid's messing, and he finally, Rawr! you ever been in there when he done that, man? It'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. 
and there's something between you and him. What are you going to do if you're facing him head up? I don't know what we're going to do. Anything we can to keep from getting there. But can I tell you that the teeth that seem so real, the roar that sounds so loud, the, the breath of the lion that feels so hot, it feels so real, and it is real, but it's not as real as the presence and the power of God for a person who has positioned themselves to be radically obedient to God. Man, Daniel's doing a thing here. He knows what's going to happen, but he's finding his faith. There's three things that I see in what Daniel's doing, and I want you to see this. I want you to write this down. I want you to come back to it. First thing I see that I've got to do if I'm going to be like Daniel, I need to submit myself to God. I need to submit myself to God. That's me saying, God, I need you. Can't do this on my own. Submit. We don't like that word, right? We like to, we like to be the one that's on top. Have y'all looked around the world? How many people are there in the world? How many real and true and living and powerful and active gods are there's one living, true and active God that provides everything that we need? There's one God. And when I submit myself to him, I'm saying, God, I can't do this on my own. I need you. That's what Daniel's doing. Second thing I need to do is I need to prioritize my need for God. And when I prioritize God in my life, I'm saying, God, I'm putting you in the one slot. No matter what else happens, you're in the one slot because why? Because, God, I need you. I hope that you find a way in this week, in this year, to move to a place where, where you really sense in your spirit your need for God in your life. And what I'm talking about is, is finding that need that says, when my eyes come open in the morning, I'm going to train myself as soon as I wake up. God, thank you. Thank you for this day, God. You've given me this day. I wouldn't even be here if it weren't for you. God, I got a plan for today. There's things that I need to get done, and I need your help to make those things happen. God, I have a schedule, but, but, but there may be some things that you want to bring into my life. There may be some people that you want me to help, some things that you need me to do. God, it's yours. I need you, God. But when I prioritize God over me, I'm positioning myself under that umbrella. And then the third thing is I need to connect myself to God. Watch what happens. The first two is, God, I need you, God, I'm seeking you. But when I connect myself to God by positioning myself in a place, God is now empowering me. And if you're sitting there right now and you're thinking, well, here we are. It's January 9th today. We're a few years into this new year. I was so excited about 2021 being over. Now we got a new year. But as far as I can tell, Looks like I'm getting the same results, same crap happening this year that happened last year. Could it be because of your actions? Could it be because you're doing the same things or not doing the same things that you did before? Could it be that if you want to see different results in this year, see God do different things, there's some things you need to change. and You need to prioritize God. You need to, you need to submit yourself. You need to connect to him. Two things that Daniel did here, man, and I don't want you to miss this. Number one is, is he was radically obedient. And I just want to say this to you this morning. We know how this story goes with Daniel. You already know what's going to happen. But Daniel was radically obedient before the lion showed up. And what I mean by that is, is he didn't wait till he got himself in some hot mess to start saying, okay, I'm going to clean up my junk. Okay, God, I'm going to start doing right now. I know, I need, to straight, I need to straighten up right now. Daniel had been doing this thing for years, 
probably his whole life. He studied God's Word. He connected with God. He served God. He lived out God's plan. He was helping the people. He was doing that all along so that when the day of hardship showed up, when God looked at his life, God already knew that Daniel was a man that was faithful. If I build into him, it is a picture of what I can do through someone who worships me, who follows me, who, who, who does the things I say to do. But the second thing that we see, Dan, Daniel was radically obedient. The second thing we see, man, he engaged his faith over his fear. And fear can seem so real. Maybe you're in that spot right now where, where the fear of what might happen seems more real to you than the reality of the God who, who is all around you. Yet you don't even realize that with every breath that you're taking, every time that you breathe, you're breathing in, you're breathing in His grace, right? You're breathing in the grace of God with every breath. And with every, with every breath that you're breathing out, you're breathing out praise. You breathe in His grace and you breathe out His praise and He's so real, He's inside of you. But fear screams so loud. What if this happens? What if I can't control this? What if this never happens? What if they do this? What if you just situated yourself in radical obedience right underneath the umbrella of God and let Him handle all of that? Oh, my God. Does anybody need to rest from your struggles this morning? Anybody need to say, God, I need you to handle some stuff for me because I can't handle it all on my own. That's what Daniel did. How did he know to do this? Because he's been doing it his whole lifetime. It wasn't something new that he had to discover when things got hard. What I'm saying to you is today here on the beginning of this year is a great time for you to begin to develop those habits and those patterns and that obedience so that when the struggle comes, you're ready for it. Here's a big deal, man, big deal. Um, make sure you get this. Faith followed by obedience leads to blessings. I think so many times, man, we, we want to skip that obedience part. We just think, well, if I just have faith in God, then God's going to bless me. And then there's truth to that. There is truth to that. But faith, believing in God, believing that Jesus is for me, believing that Jesus can, followed by obedience. I have been obedient. I've done the things you said. God, I live the way you call me to live. I believe the things you call me to believe. God, I don't do the things you tell me to not do. My life is in alignment with your plan. What does that lead to? It leads to blessings. How many times do we come before God and we say, God, I want you to bless me, but I don't want to change the way that I live my life. God, I want you to bless me, but I want to keep doing the things that I've been doing that have led me a million miles away from you. God, I want you to bless me, and I know that if I make this change, it's going to be uncomfortable, it's going to be unpopular, it may hurt me for a while. It may put me in isolation for a while. It may, it may cause people to talk about me. So, God, I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. And I'm going to ask you to bless this thing that I know you're not going to bless, but I'm still going to expect your blessings. How many times do we do that? God's saying, no, that's not the way it works. If you will align yourself in obedience, watch what I will do. Daniel was living in that obedience. Go back to the story. Verse 16, so the king gave the order. They brought Daniel. Threw him into the lion's den. My God, can you even imagine? Roaring, starving lions that they had fed Christians to before, followers of God to before, and they're being thrown into the lion's den. The king said to Daniel, May your God, whom you serve, continually rescue you. 
A stone was brought, placed over the mouth of the den. The king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the rings of the nobles so that Daniel's situation might not be changed. When that ring hit that seal, it's not going to be undone. Then the king started having some concerns about what he did, started having some second thoughts. He returned to his palace, and he spent the night without eating, without any entertainment being brought to him, and he could not sleep, could not wait to see what's happened. And at the first light of dawn, the king got up. He hurried to the lion's den. When he came near the den, he called to Daniel in an anguished voice, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God whom you serve continually been able to rescue you from the lions? And can you imagine the anxiety that he's felt all night? Have I killed this man who's so good, who served me? Have have I killed him? Maybe his God is real. And he asked this question. I can only imagine that Daniel allowed his question to go quiet with a moment of silence. While he considered what his God has done all night, let me just let this brother sweat just a minute on this thing. And then Daniel answered, O king, live forever. My God, notice he says, my God. King, you may think you're a G-O-D, but my God is the almighty God. My God sent his angel. And I don't care if you're the king, he shut the mouths of your lions. They've not hurt me because I was found innocent. Maybe not in your sight, king, but in his sight. Come on, who are you living for, church? Are you living for the approval of men? Or are you living for the approval of God? And found innocent in his sight. Nor have I ever done any wrong before you, O king. King was overjoyed. He gave orders to lift Daniel out of the den. And when Daniel was lifted from the den, that brother walked out of there just like he walked in, man. No wound was found on him because he had trusted in his God. Who are you trusting in today? Who are you trusting in today? Um, Daniel needed God in this moment, and God showed up for him. Some of you today, I believe that some of you who are here today need God to show up. And I want to tell you something. I want you to hear me say this. Some of you need God to show up, and I wholeheartedly believe that God wants to show up for you. I really do. But here's what I want you to do. I want you to give a name right now to your OBT. I told you today is about your OBT. You say, what's my OBT? I don't know what that means. What is your OBT? You've got to ask yourself this question. What's the one big thing? What's my OBT? What's the one big thing that I need for God to do? Just think about that just a minute. Don't don't move on from that too fast. What's your OBT? What's the one big thing, the one thing that changes everything? Wow. As you think about that, man, you think about there are things in your life that maybe seem like it's totally impossible. I was born into this family. I'll never be that. Yeah, but God closed the mouths of lions, didn't he? I, I made this decision back X number of years ago, and I got this result from it, and I can't change what happened because of what I did, and now they know me as that. But the same guy that brought Daniel from Jerusalem to Babylon, can he not bring you from where you were to where he wants to take you? Can he not change things for you? What's the one thing that would change everything? Maybe you think, man, I've been working and trying and I'm trying to get ahead and it's a financial thing for me and I just can't get there. Can my God not provide all of your needs? What about that kid, man? You stay up night and day worrying and stressing about the kid and God say, when are you going to hand it over to me? What's your OBT? What's the one big thing? Relationships. 
You're telling God, I'm so lonely, God. God, I've tried. God, I'm waiting. I'm trying to do it your way. What's the one thing that changes everything? You ask yourself, what is your OBT? What's your one big thing? And now I want to ask you a follow-up question. This is where the rubber meets the road. Have I positioned myself in obedience so that he can move? you got to be real honest with yourself right here. You have to be very honest with yourself right here. Am I being radically obedient to the God who created me with the plan? The God that wants to do great things in my life. Am I being radically obedient so that I am positioned in a place where he can provide the one big thing that changes everything in my life? And if you're not, can I say to you today, it's okay to be there, but it's not okay to stay there. It's okay to be there. Maybe maybe situations have brought you to a place in your life right now where you never dreamed you would be. And you need things to change. Maybe you need you to change. It's okay for you to be there. But God's offering you an opportunity today. He's offering you an opportunity for Him to fix what's broken in your life. I'm going to ask you to do something for me right now. This is a sacred moment. Would you just bow your heads and close your eyes right there where you are? Just get still. Just get quiet. Don't worry about putting your things away. Just get still, get quiet. Let the Holy Spirit of God have a moment to speak to you right now. Is He showing you things in your life that He would love to give to you? Are you telling Him, God, I know what the one big thing is. Maybe He's saying back to you, yeah, I know it is too. And I know you wish that you could undo that thing. I know you've been praying for this situation. I know you've been pushing on doors that have not been coming open. And I want to open the doors. I want to fix the thing. I want to give you this, the thing that you desire. But you got to get closer to me. Are you ready to go from a place of going through the motions like a little leaf that's floating along with the current in the stream are you ready to connect your life to the anchor that is the God who will preserve you, will protect you, will provide for you? If you are, it's time to make some changes. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And He's not mad at you. He's just waiting on you. As you consider these things, I'm going to pray for a couple of groups of people this morning. There's some people in this room who have given their life to Christ, been following Jesus for a long time. I'm coming back to you in just a minute. But my guess is that maybe some of you are here today. Maybe as you're listening to this, this message, the message of the cross becomes clear to you. And you realize that God loved you so much, He sent His Son to give His life for you. And He has offered you salvation and forgiveness, but you have never accepted his offer you know what stepping into a relationship with Christ is where everything begins and it really is as simply as saying God I know that I'm a sinner I know that my sins have separated me from you and God I don't want to spend one more day apart from you I want my life to be connected to you I want you to be the Lord of my life if you're sitting there right now nobody's looking around man everybody's doing their own deal 
But your act of faith this morning is going to lead you into that relationship with Christ. If you know right now that you're not following Jesus, if Jesus walked into this room and looked around and started giving high fives to the people that were connected to him, would he look at you and say, I'm sorry, who are you? That can all change today. It can all change right now. If you want to make Jesus your Lord and your Savior, you're willing to believe in Him, to accept His salvation, ask Him to forgive you and to follow Him. I'm going to pray for you but right now. That's you. If you want that, I'm going to ask you to just raise your hand right there where you're sitting. Jesus, I want you to save me. Hallelujah. I see that hand. Praise God. Yes, I see your hand. Praise God. Who else? Yes, I see you. Hallelujah. You can put your hands down. Lord, you've seen these hands of people who are saying to you, God, I know I'm a sinner. God, I'm asking you to save me. God, forgive me. Jesus, be my Lord. Lord, I thank you for salvation that's come to this place today. Lord, I pray that you will sink an anchor in them. That they will no longer float nor drift. That they will be anchored and tethered to you. God, you pour into them through your connection on a daily basis. Help them to grow in you. Help us as a church to help them to grow in you. Lord, now for your children, for those of us who have been following you, who call ourselves followers of Jesus, God, those of us who are struggling to get past ourselves, God, thank you for conviction that you bring through the Holy Spirit of God to show us the sin in our life that has to stop. God, thank you for the conviction that says I have to make changes in my life. It's not about the person sitting beside me. There's some things that I need to stop doing and there's some things that I need to start doing to get myself aligned with who you are and where you want to take me. God, I do not want to be wishy-washy. I do not want to be blown all over the place anymore. It stops today. Jesus, today, with your help, I'm making the commitment to live a life of radical obedience. And I'm starting today, God. I know that trouble will come my way, but I know that you will protect me. And I know that you alone are God. And I'm hitching my wagon to you, God. Help me, God, with this commitment that I'm making. In the beautiful name of our Lord Jesus, we pray. Amen.